KMTT, Ki Mitzion Teitzei Torah. You are listening to the Erev Shabbat program. Erev Shabbat Kodesh, Kaf Tet Kislev, Shabbat Parashat Miketz, Shabbat Chanukah, Shabbat Rosh Chodesh. The Erev Shabbat program is Elilui Nishmat, Shlomo Yosef Ben Chaim Shmuel, and I'm your host, Jonathan Snowbell. And yes, as I mentioned, it's a busy Shabbat, Shloshah Sifrei Torah. We'll be taking out three Sifrei Torah to read from the Parashat Shavua, from Parashat Rosh Chodesh, and from Parashat Chanukah. Now, I said I am your host, Jonathan Snowbell. Host. Host seems a little bit overstated for what is more or less a sheer. Is it a shear, in fact? Is it an Erev Shabbat program? Is it just another Parsha shear? Well, it's not a Parsha shear because we allow ourselves to adapt to the times. Adapting to the times means relating to holidays along the way, uh, maybe addressing things that are happening. We try to not be political. I think 99% of the time, we succeed at doing that. Um, I suppose when I, I began this program, I would like to think that there was a potential to do interesting things, but with the budget and the time that I'm allotted for this program, bringing in other people, making phone calls, etc., etc., is not really allowed. Allowed, certainly it's allowed to everybody would be very happy, but I can't allow myself to do that. Um, so, it being a program and not another sheer expresses itself then in A, the ability to discuss timely things and not only Parshat Shavua, though the regular listeners know that we often... Most of the time, 85% of the time, are discussing Parshat HaShavua. And the informal presentation of the ideas. We're not looking at a text. Um, even when I was giving the Parshat HaShavua shir in KMTT, I tried very hard not to give a shear which demanded the listener to have a Tanakh in front of them because the listener is driving their car right now. The listener is on a subway and might not have access to a Tanakh right now. Textual without a close read of the Chumash. But the, the Arab Shabbat program then is not textual at all. It is analyzing ideas, thinking about ideas, and in that sense it's a program and not a shear. And in that spirit, I would like to approach another program on Hanukkah in which we think about ideas that are relevant to us today within the structure of Hanukkah and the ideas that come up to us as we celebrate Hanukkah. We have the rare opportunity to be Recording a shir during Chanukah, the listeners are listening to it during Chanukah. 
miracles. So when we come to Chanukah, we talk about two very different miracles. And when I ask the average person, what is the miracle of Chanukah? I'm bound to get two different approaches. One may answer to me, as the Gemara answers, the miracle of Chanukah is Nes Pach It's the miracle that they found the small vessel of oil in the Beit HaMikdash, but that's not the miracle yet. Well, that's miraculous into itself, considering it was the only one that was left undefiled by the Greeks. But the miracle was, of course, that this oil that should have lasted for only one day lasted for eight days. In other words, a very clearly supernatural miracle. Something that should not happen with nature's rules at all. And God's intervention is clear. On the other hand, another group of people will answer me the miracle of Chanukah is the fact that the Jewish people and those who, the Jewish people who remained uh, faithful to God and the mitzvot who were small in numbers against a Greek army which is part of a world empire managed to overcome their Greek enemies Rabim biad me'atim the many were given into the hands of the few now we can read the stories of the wars in Sefer HaMakabim and we have our own precedences in history where we could point to a small army of locals who know the terrain and are familiar with the terrain, who can take advantage of their knowledge and of their dedication, their motivation, and overcome a huge army with what we would call guerrilla tactics and the like. <clears throat> and this we would call a miracle too. And certainly, when we read the Al-Hanisim in the Tefillah, that's all that's being discussed. Nezpah Hashemin is, if at all, perhaps hinted to, but certainly not explicit. The miracle is the miracle of the victory. Then we can ask ourselves the question, what is the main miracle of Chanukah? And the Rambam, those who look at the Rambam in the Halachot, will see a nice combination of the two. Uh, if I throw in my personal feelings, I would have to say the latter miracle, the or the first miracle historically, the miracle of the, the victory, is the more significant miracle because it is the basis for the supernatural but less significant miracle what would have happened had they not had the miracle in the Beit HaMikdash? They still would have had the victory. And they would have used impure oil, which would have been permissible in that situation, if it would have been impure at all, without going into those discussions. But how do we relate to miracles today? Is, is Are miracles a good thing? What do I mean? A miracle is a good thing. Nobody would have any arguments with me that if God, in one fell swoop, managed to solve 
our problems in Israel, whatever that means, in a miracle, that I would be disappointed. I would not be disappointed. I won't take away from God uh, His ability to solve our problems here in one fell swoop without us working very hard. That would be great. But there, are, there is a question of our ability to solve our own issues on our own. If we talk about from an adult perspective, for a child having problems in school and whatnot, depending on what the problems are, of course, and we're not uh, making generalizations, we often talk about the need for the child to deal with the problem themselves and overcome the problem on their own. Because we, the parent, could come in and solve the problems instantly. And that would be some sort of miraculous intervention on behalf of the child, but the child wouldn't be dealing with the problem at hand. And then we'd ask ourselves, what is the problem with the solution? Well then, the problem with the solution is that the child has not been become equipped to deal with the problem on their own. They haven't been given tools. And then if a similar problem arises in the future, they will again look to their parents not having the confidence in themselves to be able to deal with the problem on their own. If we take that parable and translate it back into miracles and ask ourselves where it applies within Nes Chanukah, so it doesn't apply within Nes Chanukah. In other words, yes, in the place where the Maccabim needed to do things on their own, so they took the initiative on their own, and they and then they had God's help to win. But certainly they did not walk away with the feeling of, oh, I can't do anything on my own, I only, only if God intervenes. Whereas perhaps a miracle like Yitziat Mitzrayim, or Ben Israel, were much more passive in every stage. The, the ten plagues which got Paro to free the Jews were not something of... Ben Israel's doing, and the Kriya Yamsuf, the splitting of the sea, as much as we want to inter, give uh, Ben Israel credit, Nachshon Ben Aminadav, for jumping into the sea, clearly it was some sort of supernatural miracle. And even if it's not a supernatural miracle, even if uh, scientifically there are explanations to what happened there, it's not something that you can depend on, it's not something that human beings can bank on. There is a miracle where, a set of miracles which certainly didn't mature the nation, didn't make them have any belief in their ability to save themselves, because they didn't save themselves, God saved them. Again, when we come back to Nes Chanukah, then the miracle of Nes Pachashemen is a very good miracle as far as that, because it was a miracle that wasn't necessarily necessary. What do I mean? It didn't take away the ability of the Chashmonaim, the Maccabim, to believe in themselves that they can handle the situation because it wasn't necessary for the Maccabim to do this on their own. The war was what they needed to fight on their own. And they did fight that on their own. Whatever happened afterwards in the Beit HaMikdash was icing on the cake. It was a supernatural miracle in the, in the place where it was great that it happened, and it didn't give off any bad educational vibes without it happening. 
I am, and I'm looking at the clock here of my KMTT watch, and I'm just not sure how long I've been speaking for now. In any case, I relate back to ourselves today and our needs for miracles, and we're skeptical when we hear people talking about miracles, we being people of uh, our Beit Midrash here in Yeshivat Haaretzion, Miracles, we're skeptical when we hear about it. We live in times where God's hand is not in the open like it was in the time of the Tanakh. We talk about even miracles on a national level, certainly, but even in the Tanakh we have miracles on a personal level. Elisha Navi is a, is a Navi who, who is excellent at noticing, pardon me, performing miracles for the individual guy or for the individual girl, the, the the poor widow who doesn't have food, the guy who dropped his 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 uh, axe into the lake and he can't get it, or it's a borrowed axe and Elisha makes it float, making the water, making the food edible. And of course, Elisha's involved in miracles on a greater level as well, on a national level. But today when we hear about a Rebbe doing miracles, then we think about in terms, of course, of the famous joke about the guys, the, the, the Hasidim who are arguing whose Rebbe is the greatest and, and you know, the, the story being told that, oh, my Rebbe is the greatest because we somebody said, this guy is a bad guy, and the Rebbe said, let that building fall on him, and then somebody said, no, no, he's not a bad guy, he gives lots of tzedakah, besate there, nobody knows about it. And then the Rebbe said, the building shouldn't fall on him, and the building didn't fall on him. And we have this attitude of these moftim, these these signs are not really miracles. Nobody's controlling it. And the question is, is there skepticism just skepticism, or is it something that is demanding something else that... We don't want miracles because for every miracle that people talk about, we also see inexplicable suffering that we don't know how to explain. We don't know how to explain why these and these people deserve to have their house bombed by rockets, why these and these people are suffering from cancer, why these and these people are suffering from economic hardship. We don't understand, and when someone comes along and says, oh, look at this miracle that happened to me, and look at God's open hand in our world today, we say, well, where's God's hand over here? I mean, God's hand is really leading everything in a clear way, and the miracles we can take, and then the, and the suffering, we'll, 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 we'll be able to see the sinner's suffering, and then everything is good. And it's harder for us to see God's hand in a reality which is mixed up with suffering and successes, and we don't know how to deal with this. There are people who everything that goes right for them is is, is God who made it. Where you know I managed to screw in the the light bulb without any great difficulties. Ah, that that's a miracle. Thank God for that. I question that uh, attitude. If it's a healthy attitude, if it's a correct attitude. And there's a questions within the Rishonim is how to view Hashkacha Pratit. Is Hashkacha Pratit is God's 
God's God watching over us in every little detail of our lives. He might be watching of us, but is He making sure everything works out? If I do or don't stub my toe, is it because of God's intervention? And the Rambam certainly has an attitude that how much God watches us and guides everything that happens to us is a function of our tzidkut, our righteousness. And the average person... You know, for those minor incidents of stubbing your toe in paper cuts, it's not a punishment from God. It's just those are the things that happen in life. And unless you're a big tzaddik, God will not intervene to save you from these things. And frankly, if we get paper cuts and we stub our toe and if we get inconvenienced here and there, we shouldn't be so upset and we shouldn't want God to be wasting our credit on saving us for those from those little things. We'll rather save our credit for much bigger situations in life. But, again, going back to miracles, many of us probably feel, and I'm one of them, that, you know, whatever situation we're stuck in, in the world today, in Israel, you know, we all feel like, oh, look how so many people aren't religious. If God would just give us one of those miracles, like He did in the in the days of, of Yitziat Mitzrayim, in the days of the Tanakh, He could bring on a Chazarabi Tshuva, and he could solve all the problems in one fell swoop. And then we ask ourselves, why, why isn't he doing that? Why would he just solve everything like that? Yeah, you know, um, I'll let you all use your imagination as to what it means, what that miracle would be. And then I go back to that parable that I mentioned about the parents, and I say, Maybe God this time really wants us to figure it out for ourselves. And those miracles that we don't earn, like Yitzhak Mitzrayim, just lead us to a road of Chet Egel, where something that's not earned is something that you can easily throw away and take for, for, take for granted. And this is the long, hard road where God says, just like the Maccabim did, and that's the inspiration of Hanukkah, is that we have the ability to make changes in the world, and yes, we're going to need God's help. We're going to need God's help in whatever we do, because whatever happens naturally could go in this direction or that direction. And if God's not helping it and God's not guiding it, it won't work out. But God wants us to figure things out for ourselves and say, yeah, I can intervene, and maybe I will at some point. I'm not speaking for God now. I'm making my suggestion. But we need to we need to change things and we need to move on and, and push things forward and not wait for God to do the big miracle. We have to if it's important for us to change the face of society in Israel, then we have to act on that behalf. And if it's important for us for people to be more people to be religious in Israel today, then we have to do something in order for more people to be religious. And if we want to change the political landscape of Israel, then we have to change the political landscape of Israel. And then hopefully, and we pray that if we take initiative to change the landscape and make a difference, like the Maccabim did, then like the Maccabim did, we will um, have God's help in natural ways. And hopefully we will also have God's help 
and a supernatural miracle as well. Who knows? And with that, Shabbat Shalom to all our listeners. Chodesh Tov to our listeners. And Chanukah Sameach to our listeners as well.